Pastor Chuk Sogoye is the senior pastor of Resurrection Life Church Johannesburg. Pastor Chooks is a passionate teacher and preacher of the Word of God. He has been blessed by God with the uncanny ability and gift to explain and unpack deep and complex spiritual truths in very easy to understand and apply formats. He is the host of the radio broadcast programs Living the Life and Amazing Power of Woman. Over the years, Pastor Chooks has been actively involved in marketplace ministries. He is an entrepreneur and business consultant with an avid passion for raising other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Here is Pastor Chooks Ogoye. Welcome to another edition of the online masterclass Understanding the Goodness of God. Understanding the goodness of God. We've been on this journey. Tonight is episode number eight. Can you believe it? We've already done seven uh, lessons, seven Bible studies, seven teachings on the goodness of God. And tonight we are on for the eighth session. Tonight is episode eight. Father, we thank you for just breathing upon this atmosphere for us to bring forth your word. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for insight. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Father God, for, for my audience, the ones who are joining on the different platforms right now. Lord, I ask in Jesus' name that you bless them even as we minister your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We're talking about the goodness of God. I've explained something that the goodness of God has two qualities to it. The goodness of God is infinite, meaning it is limitless. Meaning there is no barrier, no boundary that can stop God from extending his goodness to you. He can overrule any human limitation. He can rule every circumstantial limitation, every circumstantial obstacle or barrier can be overruled by the goodness of God to come through to you. Hallelujah. That's the infinite goodness of God. Then the absolute goodness of God. It means that the goodness of God is pure. The quality of the goodness of God is absolutely pure. It has no corruption in it. It has no malice in it. It has no evil in it. You know, uh, it, it, it goes in line with the nature of God. The Bible says God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. So God is good. In him there is no evil at all. Evil cannot come out of God because it doesn't exist in him. So when people say God did evil, they don't understand you know, how to interpret the Bible properly. God does not do evil. He doesn't have it. Just like God does not give darkness because he doesn't have it. All he has, he is light. Bible says he dwells in unapproachable light. He is light himself. So he can't give evil. He can't give darkness because he doesn't have it. He can't give evil because he doesn't have it. Tonight, I want to trace something from the book of Genesis. Alright. God creates the absolutely and infinitely good God decides to create man in his image after his likeness. He created a being that could connect with him. A being that could reflect him. So, God created man and put him in the garden. The absolutely good God, the infinitely good God created man Put him in the garden. Every day, the Bible tells us that God came to fellowship with Adam, share with Adam, teach Adam, talk to Adam, impart himself 
more and more, more and more into Adam. And the whole idea was that as Adam fellowship with God, Adam began to realize who he was. Adam began to, you know, come into more and more consciousness of who he was and begin to function even in all the other um, faculties and all the capacities and capabilities that has been put inside of him. So, so Adam was unfolding. As he saw God, he realized who he was. And as he realized who he was, he can deploy the ability and the, and, the, and the grace that is released by that realization. This is, which is the same process that the New Testament believer goes through. As we look into the mirror of God's word and realize who we are, the more we realize who we are, the more we can access and harness the capabilities and, and the privileges and the graces that are made available in realizing our identity. So the more you know who you are and what you've been given, the more you can use it. So it was like that in the garden. Now, Adam believed in the goodness of God. Adam believed that God was good. And Adam was evolving to come to an absolute um, goodness, to a stature of realizing the absolute goodness of God. So, so there was, you know, growth in Adam. The Bible said, every day God came to visit him and share with him. And everything was in the garden. The garden of Eden was a place of opulence. The garden of Eden, Eden actually means delight. So it was a place of delight. It's the place you walk into and there's joy. Oh, I speak delight in your life right now in the name of Jesus. That you have delight. You have delight in the people around you. You have delight in your family. You have delight in your home. You have delight in your work. You have delight in every aspect of your life. In the calling of God on your life, in your ministry, you have delight. That's the plan of God. That's the purpose of God for your life, to have delight. Delight speaks of joy. Delight speaks of peace. Delight speaks of contentment. Delight speaks of just, just a, a feeling of wholeness and wellness. That's what delight is. So, Adam lived in delight. The garden was opulent. There was wealth. There was abundance. There was no lack. Meaning, as long as Adam believed that God is absolutely good, the garden reflected absolute goodness to him. Pay attention. The, 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 as long as Adam believed that God was good, the garden reflected and, and gave good to him. Remember, God created the garden. God provided everything that Adam needed before he put Adam in the garden. So, and the Bible says God used to come every day. And on that evening, when, or whether it's in the evening or in the morning, I don't know, but that day God came and Adam was now hiding. The Bible says Adam heard the footsteps of God and went into hiding. So he heard him walking and coming and he went into hiding. For him to hear the footsteps of God, it means that the Garden of Eden was not just the natural dimension. The Garden of Eden was a fusion. It's important you pay attention to this. It was a fusion of heaven on earth. Because God could walk in there. The Bible says God dwells in heaven. So God could walk in there and interact with them. So the garden was a fusion of the spirit realm and the natural realm. As long as Adam believed in the goodness of God, the two realms merged. The two realms were in, in contact and in touch. And what was the effect of the two realms being in touch? Number one was that he had no need. The, number two was every need that he had, immediately the need was sensed, the solution, the, the, the need was supplied. 
So when God came and said, it is not good that Adam be alone, what happened? Immediately a process was engaged in on embarked on to solve that not good. So, so Adam did not have delays and lags between the desire that was in his heart and the manifestation of the same. That is what happens when the spirit realm or the dimension of God or heaven merges with the earth. You have rapid answers to prayer. So, as long as Adam believed in the goodness of God, he had what he needed when he needed it. In fact, how did he know he needed something? It was the supply that actually activated the demand. Because the supply was already in the garden before Adam was put there. So Adam realized, mm, I want pineapple. Immediately, there's a pineapple. Because the pineapple was already there before he wanted it. I needed to get it. They, so anything he wanted was already there before he wanted it. Can I suggest to you that in Christ Jesus, we are already blessed. Everything we need is already there before we want it. And what it is, is the, the, the gap between the physical realm and the spiritual realm where all our blessings are. The Bible says we are blessed in spiritual places, in heavenly places, with all spiritual blessings. So our blessings are already there, but that dimension where our blessings are is separated from this dimension where we live. And what's creating this gap? Huh? Can you guess it? Our belief in the goodness of God. So the more we believe that God is good, the more we close this gap. The more we believe that God is good, the more we close this gap. When I believe in the absolute goodness of God, and there's no doubt in my heart concerning the goodness of God, in other words, I am completely convinced of the absolute goodness of God, of the goodness of God that has no evil, that has no, no slack, no impurity, the dimension of heaven will come and merge with the dimension of earth in my life. So what it means is, I call it, it answers. I speak it, it manifests. This is where God wants you to get to. This is where God wants me to get to. In, in understanding the goodness of God. This is the purpose of this revelation. That the more the revelation of the goodness of God opens in my spirit, the realm of heaven comes and sits in my world. And that, that collapsing of the two dimensions produces tremendous power and authority in the earth. That is the essence of dominion. Because these two dimensions are here. And, and when, before I speak, he answers. Because he's not far. Hallelujah. So, so this was what Adam was enjoying. The moment the enemy, and guess what? Ho, he, hear this, hear this. The enemy saw these two dimensions. And saw the beautiful life that Adam was living in. And he has been kicked out from heaven. He came into the earth. But now, hear this. Heaven is sitting on the earth in the garden because of Adam's relationship with God. The enemy is left out as an outsider. He cannot penetrate that dimension. So he realized the only way to break these two, the heaven, break it away and separate it from the earth, is to introduce something in Adam because it was something that Adam believed that caused this, this margin of the two dimensions. It was Adam's faith that caused these two, di these two dimensions to 
you know, um, telescope into each other, to merge into each other. So the enemies saw that if I can introduce a doubt in the goodness of God, I will split this open and this dimension will move away from this dimension and then Adam will not have that quality of life that he had before. So he thought it through and figured, how am I going to do this? What he says, hear this. Every time you are making progress, oh, I need you to get this. Every time you're making progress spiritually to bring this dimension here, the enemy gets upset. The enemy gets very upset with you because he doesn't want it. Because as long as this is here, you have your feet on his head. Bible says you will cross Satan under your feet. You have total control and dominion over him because you he can't interfere with what happens here. You have power in the heavens to control the air. So the enemy is helpless. So he gets angry every time these two dimensions are coming together in your life. And he wants to keep it like this. This is what strife does. To open this so that you cannot exercise that authority over him. That devil is a liar. Please hear what I'm saying this, this evening. So the enemy was envious of the life of power and dominion that Adam was having. And what did he want to do? He, he wanted to separate it so he knew what to do. He knew that if I introduce doubts about the goodness of God in Adam, so he figured it. Who, do, who, who will he use? He realized he can't go to Adam straight. It won't work. So he used the woman. He squint through the woman. And, 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 and because she, he knew that he would get Adam through this woman. So he went through the woman. And guess what? The woman fell for it. She was deceived. Meaning she didn't know what she was doing. She, was, she, was, she, over, she, she came under the inf overwhelming influence of Satan's trickery and she was deceived and she fell for the trap and adam took the fruit from his wife and ate it and immediately fell the doubt came in and the moment doubt came in these two dimensions broke up adam started hiding when he heard the footsteps of god usually when he heard the footsteps of god he moved towards the footsteps of god he welcomed him. They rejoiced in each other's presence. Remember the garden of delight. So it was delight. You know how when you see someone you love, you haven't seen in a while, you're, you, you, you are happy to see them. You know, one of the signs that you are in love is you, 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 when you're separated from your loved one, even if it's for two hours or three hours, when you see them, you are happy. You are delighted. That was what happened when Adam and God had their fellowship. There was delight. There was joy. Adam rushed towards, towards God. You know, you know, I have dogs. I've always had dogs. Growing up, I grew up with dogs. As an adult, I own dogs. And dogs are so amazing animals. You could have scolded the dog in the morning because he did something naughty and you go away. You know, you've been out for eight hours and you come back at the end of the day. The dog is excited. He's so delighted to see you. He's jumping up and down. He's, ooh. Sometimes, you know, when I travel, come back, the dog almost wants to pass out with excitement, with delight. This was how it happened when Adam and God met. They were delight. But this evening, or this morning, whenever the cool of the day was, some people say it was in the evening, some people say it's the morning. It's not important. At the cool of the day, God showed up. Adam went into hiding. The light was no longer there. 
What happened to the delight that Adam carried? That delight had evaporated. What happened to it? The delight was connected with what he believed about God. So when he lost his faith in the goodness of God, he no longer had the delight. So he was running, he was hiding. And God said, Adam, Adam, God was still excited about looking for him. Adam was still, you know, um, God was still, ex Adam, where are you? Adam, that's the calling of desire. That's the calling of friendship. That's the calling of fellowship. Where are you? Where are you? And Adam is in hiding. Now, God confronts what Adam has done. But remember now, the two dimensions is split. Adam is in hiding. Because Adam does not believe in the goodness of God, he could not live an in an environment that reflected the goodness of God. He couldn't. So he had to be driven out of the garden because he lost, he lost his faith in the goodness of God. So he couldn't have it anymore. And at that moment, this gap was created. This gap between the dimension and the spirit dimension became real. This is where delays began to show up. This is where struggle began to happen. You know, God did not curse Adam. He just spelled out to him the consequences of his actions. One of them was that the ground will no longer produce for him. Why wouldn't the ground produce for him? The ground will not produce for him because he doesn't believe in the goodness of God anymore. So the ground is no longer reflecting goodness to him. Can you get this? So it was about what he believed. What he believed controlled his at atmosphere. So, so now the ground is producing tons and tistos instead of goodness. The ground is producing tons and tistos instead of goodness. Because he, he doesn't believe it in anymore. So tons and tistos is what is coming. Can I suggest to you, if you are having tons and tistos in your life, the problem is what you believe about God. So what Jesus came to do, Jesus came to pay for our sin and open the door so that we can come out from where we are trapped in unbelief. Hallelujah. He opened the door so that we are delivered from that doubt, delivered from that unbelief. So that we can walk and enjoy the goodness of God. So he came, not only that he did open the door and released us from the prison of, of doubt and unbelief, he released us from it, but also, he released the earth. He, he, his blood dropped on the ground and he redeemed the earth. So that the earth no longer should yield less than the goodness. Or less than, or less than its goodness to man. So now, as we are coming to understand this goodness of God and getting a, a, a clear picture of the goodness of God and accept that picture in our hearts, our environment is supposed to reflect it. So this is what, what I, I, I came to show you tonight. You need to understand it, that it's your responsibility to accept the new picture of a, an absolutely good God. And as the picture begins to upgrade in your, in, your, in your heart, and you begin to see it clearly, change and transformation begin to happen on your inside, but also change and transformation begin to happen in the world around you and how the world around you re responds to you. The world around you is supposed to respond and yield the goodness of God. In other words, as you speak, 
so it happens. As you command, so it should come through. Hallelujah. So Jesus came to show us the true nature of God so we can believe again. It's a, it's a belief issue. So we can believe again. That's why Jesus, in all that he did in his ministry, it was about belief, 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 belief. It's a belief issue. So when I believe properly, then my environment can change. Do you know that your body is sick or susceptible to sickness because of a hard wire that you are mortal? Oh, yes. There's a hard wire. That's what is making you vulnerable. If you remove that vulnerability from your belief system, you will walk in the midst of viruses and you will not go in. Because what you believe will reinforce your immune system. Even doctors say it. Even in the midst of this COVID-19, there's, you know, this is scientifically proven that those who are afraid get infected by the virus. Fear lowers your immunity. While faith strengthens your immunity. Wow, look at that. Fear, fear lowers your immunity. But faith strengthens your immunity. What you believe. If you believe you're going to catch the virus, you're going to catch it. And, and if your faith is strong that this virus has nothing on you, do you know that you can go treat people who have the virus, stay with them, touch them, and this virus will not survive in your system because of your faith? It's been proven people have done it. There was a time there was a more deadly disease that was ravaging the earth, the bubonic plague. A man of God known as John, John, John G. Lake was going here in South Africa. He was going to treat people who had that infectious disease. When the official of, or, or, authority, government authorities found him treating and praying for people who had, they said, no, we need to quarantine you. He said, no, you don't need to quarantine me. It's not necessary to quarantine me. They said, why? He said, because the virus cannot survive around me. Ha. They're looking at him. He said, okay, let's put it to test. If we fail the test, take me to quarantine. Put sputum in my hands and test it. And they did. And they found out that the moment the virus comes into his space, the virus dies. Why? His faith. What he believed killed the virus around him. Can I say to you today, if you believe that the goodness of God will manifest in your body, in yourselves, Everywhere you walk in, the virus will die in the name of Jesus. You got to believe it that you carry the life of God in your system. You carry, you carry immunity against this virus by faith. Faith is your immunity in this season. And that virus will die anywhere you go. Even when you walk in the place where infected people are, you can't get it. Because what you believe controls your environment. So I believe in the absolute goodness of God. That's what Jesus came to show us. So that we can upgrade what we believe. I want to show you a few scriptures tonight to help you get this thing about the God we serve. <laughs> this is really, really, really powerful. I'm excited. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 65. Let's start from there. The God we serve by nature. Hear this. The God we serve by nature responds when we call him. What is what is stopping us from seeing quick and immediate answer? It's not from God's side. It's our unbelief that makes it difficult for us to reach out where what has been provided has been provided. But it's not from God. 
So when people say, God, please answer me, answer me. God answered in Christ Jesus. He provided everything. You're already blessed. Everything is supplied. Everything is done. So it's your belief. Because you don't believe in the absolute goodness of God. And hear me. It, this is not a conscious thing. It's a hardwired thing. You were born with unbelief. You are born with hardwired doubt. That's the problem. So, so that hardwired doubt needs to be you know, wiped out of your system. That's why I'm doing this teaching. So you understand it and begin to reject that hardwired unbelief in your system so that you can see the goodness of God and then the goodness of God begins to flow into your life unhindered, unfettered, unrestrained. Look at Isaiah 65 verse 24. Isaiah 65 verse 24. It shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. Did you see that? Before they call, I will answer. The solution is there before the problem. Before the call, I've already answered. That's how God wants to treat you. That's how God wants to deal with you. That's how God wants to relate with you. He's such a loving father towards you that he says, before you call, I answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. That's what happens when the heavens collide with the earth. When the heavens merge into the earth. And where does that come from? It comes from what you believe. When you believe in the goodness of God. The more you believe, the more you see how good God is, the more the heavens touch the earth in your environment. I declare today in the name of Jesus that the heavens are sitting over your world, over your home. The atmosphere of heaven is sitting over your home. There's delight, there's joy, there's fulfillment, there's peace, there's prosperity, there's good health. That's what happens when heaven sits in your world. God wants heaven to sit in your world. He says, I want to answer before you call. I'm dealing with with, with delays today. <laughs> Let me show you another one. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 27. It says, Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in the power of your hand to do so. So, look at verse 28. Do not say to your neighbor, Go and come back, and tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you to give. God says, don't do that. If God can say, don't do that, he himself cannot be doing it. When he has it in his hands, he has the healing in his hands. So he can't tell you to come back tomorrow and get it. He has the supply. He has the provision in his hands. He can't, you can't come to him for it and you tell you, I'll give you tomorrow. No. He actually gave it already in Christ Jesus. He already gave it. Please understand it. By his nature, Listen, God is not a hypocrite. That's what I'm trying to bring to you. God is not a hypocrite. He couldn't have told you not to do this and then he himself is doing it. That's hypocrisy. So if he says, do not withhold good from those to whom it is due, he can't withhold good from you. He cannot. He does not. So, so when people get angry at God and think God is withholding good, no, God does not withhold good from you. He does not. He said, don't do it. So he himself cannot be doing what he said you should not do. He said, he said, don't say to your neighbor, go and come back tomorrow. When you have it now to give him, give him now. Respond to him now. Solve that problem for him. If you have it now, give it. Don't tell him to go and come back tomorrow. Why are you delaying him? Why are you causing him to, to go without it for a while? When you have it in your hands, God says, don't do it. If it's in your hands, give it now. Don't postpone it. So he himself does not do that. I'm, I'm I want to show you the goodness of God. He himself does not do that. Psalm 84 verse 11. Look at this. 
For the Lord God is a son and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Hear this. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. No good thing. He does not withhold it. What does it mean to walk uprightly? <laughs> to walk uprightly means to walk in right standing with God. To walk uprightly means to, to be aware of your identity as a son. And when you are aware of your identity as a son, no good thing does he withhold from you. He gives you. Why? Because he loves his children. Walking uprightly is about knowing your identity. It actually has nothing to do with, you know, you know what you do or what you do not do. It's about knowing your identity. When you know who you are, you're walking uprightly. When you know you're a child of God. When you know you're washed by the blood of Jesus. When you know that, that he has sorted you out. Then you're walking uprightly. He said he does not withhold anything good from them that walk uprightly. So when you walk in your identity as a son of God, you're walking uprightly. And he does not withhold anything. So if things are not coming when you need it, the problem is not from God's side. The problem is what you believe. This is what we need to work on. So you need to reject your unbelief. You need to doubt your doubts. You need to shout at that doubt. I refuse to allow this doubt to deny me of my blessings. Hallelujah. Look at, look at one more. Let's, let's go. Psalm 104, verse 24. 27, sorry. Psalm 104, verse 27. These all wait for you. Psalm 104, verse 27. These all wait for you. That you may give them their food. In what? Due season. The creation waits for God to give them their food in due season. Due season. Someone said due season. Due season. Due season means when you need it. Jesus taught us to pray. Give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need when we need it. He can't ask you to pray that prayer and then he himself will deny. He is not withholding anything. If something is not coming quickly, please understand where it comes from. It's either demons are holding it and demons are holding it because there is something in your believing system. Because the victory that overcomes the world is your faith. So your faith can overrule demons and kick them out of the way and produce stuff. So it all boils down to what you believe. And this is why God wants us to accept and believe in his absolute goodness. And the more I believe it, the more I reduce the time it takes for things to manifest in my life. So how do you help yourself to believe in the absolute goodness of God? You use your mouth. You confess it. You declare it. You declare it. Because you are dealing with hardwired unbelief. I don't know whether you understand what, what hardwire is. It's a computer term. In other, in other words, you're configured that way from birth. It, it's, in your, it's in your system. It's, it's, you know, it's there. But a hardwire can be changed. This hardwire needs to be reconfigured and reprogrammed. It's almost like wiping the hard disk and rewriting it. And reformatting it. So God is wanting to reformat us. Because we came with a hardwire that is getting in the way of what God wants to do in our lives. So, so that hardwire is what we are attacking by these teachings. So when you understand it, because one of the things that understanding does, understanding reprograms you. Understanding changes you. Underst when the understanding gets deep and you accept what you understand, the Bible says the man, the man who, who um, uh, uh, represented the seed 
that was sown on the wayside is one who heard the word but did not understand it. The one, the seed, the soil that produced the harvest is one who understood it. So understanding causes the seed to germinate. May the seed that I'm sowing today in your heart germinate. May you understand the truth about God's goodness and may that seed germinate to produce faith in your heart to reach out to believe for the goodness of God to manifest. Let me give you one last scripture and I'm done for tonight. I'll continue tomorrow. Psalm 145 verse 15. Psalm 145 verse 15. It says, The eyes of all look expectantly to you. The eyes of all, 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 look expectantly to you. And you give them their food in due season. Can you see it again? You give them their food in due season. God wants to give you what you need when you need it. God wants to give you, supply your needs when you need it. This is where we need to, you know, challenge that, that hard wire. That hard wire that is working against us. That hard wire that is working against us. You need to challenge it. You can't tolerate it anymore. That's why God is bringing this teaching to you. You can't tolerate that hard wire anymore. You got to challenge that doubt in the goodness of God. God is absolutely good. This is, these are the scriptures you begin to speak over yourself. Take these words that I've taught tonight and begin to speak over yourself. Personalize it. That God gives me my food in due season. God meets my need in due season. Confess it. Declare it. That's how you build faith in this goodness of God. Confess it. Speak it. Let it not depart out of your mouth. Speak it in the morning. Speak it in the afternoon. God gives me what I need in due season. That's your confession. Because that's who he is. And you will see that your the heavens comes to sit over your life and close the gap. Before you call, he answers. While you're yet speaking, he has, he has heard. That is your portion in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for blessing us tonight with your word. I thank you for somebody who has come into understanding by the things that I have explained. Lord, every one of us, we are yearning for that deep, deepest of intimacy, deepest of fellowship. Where the heavens sit in our, in our world and never lifts. And never lifts. Lord, we desire to walk in that dimension. At deeper and deeper levels of that communion. Deeper and deeper levels of that fellowship. I pray for all my hearers tonight. I pray that this will be their reality. This will be the desire of their heart. That answers are coming quickly. Because they believe in the absolute goodness of God. That answers are coming quickly. Manifestations are coming quickly. Because they believe in the absolute goodness of God. Lord, in this season that you are stirring up faith around the earth, around the world, washing off the unbelief, washing off the doubt, help us to see you for who you are and believe that you are what you say you are, that we might begin to see the light in our world, that Eden can be recreated in our in our homes, Eden can be recreated in our work, Eden can, Eden can be recreated everywhere. Because you want the Garden of Eden to fill the earth. You desire 7.8 billion people to experience Eden. That's your desire, our Father. So tonight, we say yes. We say yes to that desire. In our lives, we say yes. Come, the kingdom of God. Be done, the will of God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for, for hanging with me tonight. Thank you for listening. 
Thank you for taking your time to go review the scriptures that I've shared. There's a number on the screen. If you want us to send you the audio format of this message that we shared, send us a message. It's a WhatsApp number, plus 27-81-421-0835. Let me repeat it. Plus 27-81-421-0835. Send us a WhatsApp message. Require a request for the audio format. If you want it at an audio format, we'll, send, we'll be happy to send it to you. You listen to it over and over again. And let that word marinate your spirit. Let that word soak in. Challenge doubt. Refuse gaps and time delays in your life. Refuse it. Let heaven, the heavens come and sit over your world. And so that you can walk in the dominion that God desires for you to walk in. He's not withholding anything from you. God bless you. Good night. See you tomorrow. Amen. change and upgrade you need upliftment you need lasting results you just want your life to be real you need your life to be meaningful deep full purposeful and easy you're looking for enlargement amplification increase strengthening you're looking for growth in your life you want leverage strategic advantage gain and favor ability to influence clout and strength Join us at Resurrection Life Church every Sunday. Visit our website .reslife.org.za for more information. Make this year your year of being real. Embrace rapid enlargement and leverage. It is your time.